Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's January 18th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Whitney McDonald. This is our weekly wrap for what happened on auto finance for the week ending January 14th. In general economic news, consumer prices soared in 2021 by the most in nearly four decades as the Federal Reserve prepares for up to four interest rate hikes this year, with the first expected as soon as March. The consumer price index climbed 7% last year, the largest 12-month gain since June 1982, according to the Labor Department data released last Wednesday. The increase in CPI was led by higher prices for shelter and used vehicles, unsurprisingly. Ford Motor Company's market capitalization surpassed $100 billion last Thursday for the first time in company history, reflecting investor op optimism in the automaker's electric push. Shares as of 3.30 p.m. Eastern today were trading at 24.56, giving the company a market capitalization of $98.2 billion. In the broader auto finance market, BMW Financial Services, GM Financial, Hyundai Capital America, and Santander Consumer USA injected $4.5 billion into the asset-backed securities market. Guaranteed asset protection penetration slumped at auto finance fintech Gravity Lending as the company leaned on a new-ish product, uh, depreciation protection insurance, and auto loan application fraud connected with fake employers surpassed $100 billion um, from 2019 when Point Predictive first started tracking the trend. Our biggest stories last week were from Chase Auto and Wells Fargo Auto as the fourth quarter of 2021 earnings seasons kicked off. While delinquencies ticked up across the board, the two financiers had split results on origination volume. Whitney, you covered Wells Fargo, so what's going on there? Yes, fourth quarter earnings is upon us, and we kicked off our coverage last week. Um, I was able to cover Wells Fargo Auto who hit yet another record high for origination volume, which is up to $9.4 billion. The former record was set in the third quarter of 2021, but it was beat. It was $9.3 billion. So Wells Auto's auto outstandings also grew, reaching $55.8 billion, and that was up 14% year over year and 2.4% sequentially, so growth overall. Uh, delinquencies, like you said, did go up, reaching 1.84%, and they were up both quarter over quarter and year over year. Net charge-offs also rose for the first time since the first quarter of 2021, and that was up 21 basis points to 0.41%. Looking ahead into 2022, on their earnings call on Friday, Wells shared that they are going to be starting to invest in more digital options in the coming year, including advertising, its digital applications, new underwriting tools, and all with the same goal in mind to reduce uh, friction in moving money. So we'll be following those enhancements and additions to their business uh, throughout the year as we follow the quarters. Today, Wells Fargo shares were, tra were trading down 2.51% to $56.60 before just before market close. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna be watching Wells Fargo, of course, and um, following Q4 earnings as they continue to come out. But Joey, you covered Chase Auto last week, right? I did. 
And similar story there, um, sort of. Uh, delinquencies ticked up sequentially, um, but they're still under Q4 2020's levels. Um, that's sort of in line um, with industry expectations of the broader market. I think um, the consensus um, at this point really is that delinquencies will continue to inch up toward pre-pandemic levels throughout this year. How quickly that rises sort of remains to be seen. It seems like the consumer health um, is still pretty strong. Um, so I would imagine that that, you know, will inch up, um, you know, throughout the year. Um, similarly, uh, net charge-offs, they rose 10 basis points to about 0.12%, um, but they're still three basis points below Q4 of 2020. Um, Originations was really where we saw the difference in the in the two, two banks. Um, origination volume was pushed down 23% year over year and 26% sequentially in the fourth quarter to about 8.5 billion, largely due to inventory constraints. And again, that was sort of to be expected, right? It was only a matter of a time before all this inventory woes kind of came to a head in terms of the volume that, that lenders can originate. Um, but to be fair, um, Chase Auto really posted impressive origination volume all year. There were at least two quarters um, over 11 billion last year. I believe one of those quarters uh, set a record for, for the company as a whole. Um, so, you know, full year originations, they were still 14% over 2020, 2020's level. Um, that is, came in at 43.6 billion, um, you know, even despite those declines in the fourth quarter. Um, landing, the lender um, landed with about an $86.2 billion portfolio at year end. And, you know, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint any specific reasons for the differences in origination volume at this point, you know, absent of any sort of direct commentary from them. Um, and, you know, to speculate would kind of be silly, I think. Um, you know, it, it could be pricing, it could be changes in dealer programs. It's really hard to say. And, and there's really, it's difficult to tell. But what one thing I would point to is I, I would imagine we will see sort of this mixed bag trend um, as we continue through the earnings reports, um, you know, this week, next week into February, uh, we got we got quite the quite the season ahead of us still. Uh, so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that this week. Um, I believe we have PNC, Truist, U.S. Bank, a couple more citizens. They're all reporting, so we'll be on top of that. Um, and that about does it for our episode today. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap. Please rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to the program and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.